spoken me. I went to sleep that night without knowing that it would be the last night I ever spent in that bed at my parents' house in London. Meredith, my mum shook me awake. The room was dark, making it obvious it wasn't morning yet, or not time to get up for school anyway. Mum, I mumbled in my half-asleep state. It's time to go. Everything I told you about those stories is true. It's time for you to leave us so you can train to be a protector. Your dad and I, we've done everything we possibly can to prepare you. First Charge is the first book in the Destiny Initiative series by Amanda The book can be purchased in paperback from Amazon. The e-book can also be purchased on Kindle, Kobo, Apple Books and many others. Spoken Have you ever thought about what Santa Claus would be like as a zombie? Or maybe you've wondered how he would cope with climate change, Brexit or any number of issues facing the UK and beyond. Probably not, but if you're now wondering, you can buy The Twelve Deaths of Father Christmas by Amanda Steele. It's a collection of flash fiction stories with accompanying images in which Santa dies in different ways. There's a political slant to many of the pieces and added sarcasm. This is not for children. Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label, all one word, Spoken label dot bandcamp dot com. On the bandcamp, it is set as pay what you want, so you are entitled if you wish, you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you're going to throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running costs of this podcast. Enjoy. Spoken Hi, guys, and again, Spoken Label. Back in the house on Zoom again today. Staying reasonably local today. And I've got a young gentleman with me at the moment, which is from the Toddmington area. Who I was telling him before, last time I went down to Toddmington, I had a pick of a job getting back when the river overflowed and improved <laughs> the train line. But that's the story of another day. So, this young gentleman, I met him fairly recently at Speak Easy when he arguably stole the show. And it's kind of rare when we do these sort of nights. But obviously, it's, we do ever go to our Speak Easy nights, but no. It's a well-received and supported night. But I start, like, me and Steve and Amanda run it, get 15 or 16 people not complaining, saying how much you enjoyed someone's performance. It's natural. He's on Spoken Label as well. So, Isaac, you want to introduce yourself to everybody, mate? Tell who you are. Hello. Yeah, no, thank you ever so much for having me. Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, uh, I'm Isaac Hughes-Dennis. Um, yeah, I, I'm a political um, comedy folk punk singer and questionable poet amongst um, other things. Um, uh, yeah, uh, sort of gigging uh, for the last four or five years around around the Northwest. Um, and yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to, to be invited here. Like I say, I, I incredibly enjoyed uh, my, my first um, experience on, on Speakeasy and I shall return as well, um, depending on whether, whether this is broadcast uh, 
before or after I've either very much enjoyed my second set at Speakeasy or I'm incredibly looking forward to it. Um, we, we shall see. I've not even looked at my diary yet for the release dates of this yet, but wait and see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, Isaac, you're telling the four obviously you're not a Richard Fulton Tomlinson, are you? So you'll tell people no. what, yeah, where you're Richard from and what led you on to right, so I was. Yeah, I was born in uh, Newcastle upon Tyne, although the the accent says differently. Um, I was yeah uh, originally born Newcastle upon Tyne, spent uh, a very small amount of time there, and then sort of uh, in, in in early childhood I moved around a bit. We got a, a converted horse box and moved to Scotland. Um, went down to to Wales for a little bit, but for the for the majority of my life I've been. Uh, in and around the Calder Valley uh, in West Yorkshire, um, along the Pennines and the Calder River. So I'm currently um, in, in sunny, sunny Todmorden, um, home of uh, white rasters and, and flooding. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not changed, and that's what yeah. I like to hear. So. <laughs> okay, um, what we want to know, obviously, is where, what led you down your creative path? And were you writing when you, when you were fairly young, or has it just come more recent times? Uh, I mean, I, I've always had uh, an obsession with uh, music and in particular um, uh, folk music. I sort of grew up a lot of uh, political um, folk music, um, which is, I'd say, is, is where the majority of the inspiration for my stuff uh, comes. So I've been uh, musical and, and music's played a, a large part in my life for, yeah, for, for a long, long time. And uh, a lot of the the people that um, I've um, grown up uh, listening to and have sort of shaped what what I do uh, now, um, sort of uh, friends and and comrades that I've I've shared shared a stage with um, uh, a fair few times. So we're talking about the likes of Rob Johnson or Attila the Stockbroker, um, who yeah have just been massive uh, inspirations to me and now um, yeah uh, are appreciators of of my work, which is. Which is incredibly, um, yeah, incredibly humbling um, to to see um, that sort of coming around. It's a it's a little surreal, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, ranty ranty folk and, and poetry as well. Um, I've been a large admirer of uh, Benjamin Zephaniah, like I say, Attila um, and John Cooper Clark, and and the the classic um, <laughs> punks of of poetry as well. Um, I think it's that um, politically charged uh, momentum that's that's sort of shaped what I do as well I've been um, yeah, around around politics and radical politics for for again a large amount of my life as well so I think yeah yeah the, a lot of a lot of those aspects of things have, have very much shaped the sort of stuff that I do as well um, and just good old-fashioned um, sarcasm and piss taking as well I think are, are very much driving forces um, in I can believe you in that. Now, obviously, what's unusual about you is this is I've seen examples like this, not necessarily in the way you do it. That's why I admire you for it. Is you're, Mm. I think, a hybrid in some ways, aren't you? As you do spoken word with like your political satire over acoustic backing. Now, was that always the plan, or have you ever done straight poetry sets or even straight folk gigs even? I mean, and it was it was it was never the plan. And like you say, my stuff's very much a, a hybrid of different things, which makes it an absolute bugger to get gigs or um, to be uh, to be uh, signed in in any context. Because there's, I think people have different people have uh, different opinions of of what 
I do. Um, before before COVID hit, um, I was doing support sets with the the comic John Richardson, um, who's uh, been on eight out of ten cats, um, and and uh, I think never mind the buzzcocks and, and various uh, things like this. Um, and so when I I did the same sets with uh, as a support for him, it would very very much be viewed as comedy when I do uh, things like speakeasy um, or for, for support text, uh, sets for until the until the stockbroker. That's very much uh, seen as spoken word. Um, it's yeah, it's a bit of a, a mishmash of thing, but it's just the way it's sort of um, fallen into place. Really, there was no. No set plan of of um, yeah. The, this is what I'm aspiring to do. It's um, the only thing I can do, so I've, I've stuck with it. Um, really, yeah. I, I mean, I, I occasionally uh, dabble in, in purely spoken word or or purely folks, but I think that's uh, usually at um, absurd open mic nights where there's there's five people watching and, and ten people performing, um, and so not many people get to see um, that side of me. I, yeah, it's very much a uh, haphazard ramshackle display of, of what I do really. <laughs> when did you start learning to play your instruments? Was that when you were much younger then was it or was it again come later on that? Indeed yeah yeah that was uh, uh, much much younger um, like I said before um, I think yeah music's been a large large part of uh, what I what I do and and, and without sounding too poncy um, who I am as well for for a, a long time uh, my my dad was a musician uh, still is a, a working musician um, and yeah so I think that's where um, the the music music side of it's uh, come from I yeah I started learning learning uh, ukulele um, age three or something wow. stupid yeah. wow. and unfortunately it's it's the only thing um that, that i take gigging with me uh these days um it's it's sort of stuck with me it's very much a a children's instrument but it's it's yeah it, it works for me it, I'm, I'm just grateful that i don't play a double bass or something because yeah uh, yeah i can can travel travel on train um oh and, god yeah or, or be that sort of musician that carries on two three guitars and what you don't know absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always baffled me uh, you see folk because i do a lot of stuff around the around the folk scene as well um you get folk musicians um with harmonicas uh, tiny little um three four inch uh, instruments and then i have a whole bloody flight case of them in all different keys and you think <laughs> that's not the point of harmonica i mean 20 of them that you have to carry around on your back it's, oh yeah. wow yes yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm glad i don't have that um element to oh yeah completely now, where, where have you traveled them for your folk gigs and stuff have you so you've been all over the northwest haven't you so yeah yeah and uh, occasionally um elsewhere but predominantly um in the in the northwest um I, i'm very lucky that um calderdale and the calder valley have a, an incredibly um, large and and uh, supportive uh, music scene, which has um, yeah really really helped me uh, get going. Obviously, we've got um, venues like the Trades Club um, in Hebden Bridge and uh, the Golden Lion in Tudmorden, which is yeah is sort of um, arguably legendary venues um, that um, everyone's uh, played in um, have been sort of my my starting off. Um, venues which has been yeah um and then sort of worked worked backwards questionably from 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 there um but yeah uh, all around uh, the northwest uh, gigging in manchester gigging in leeds uh, gigging in bradford um yeah it's uh yeah no it's been an absolute 
absolute privilege um sort of yeah on and off for for about four years now um wow yeah so yeah, yeah incredibly lucky how's covid impacted you over the past these past six months then so it's it's been interesting um because what i do is is very much uh politically politically motivated um the, the, the pieces that i write and so i i've just sort of been so very baffled by the um sheer ineptness of politics um that i i it's either been incredibly easy to to write things or on the flip side just so difficult because you yeah, there's nothing that a, that a satirist can say about the current um, situation that isn't already being said on on news night um, every night. It's it's yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been a bit of a blow. And obviously uh, what I do is very much um, crowd crowd orientated. I, I'm very much accustomed accustomed to small, sweaty rooms and and hecklers and and, and that that's sort of all been taken away i've found that virtual heckling uh, isn't isn't quite as effective um unfortunately i've i've learned that the the the, the hard way um but yeah just uh just being accustomed to to yeah the the online setting it, it worries me um for the long term um in terms of the the implications on the on the on the music industry um and the the sheer lack of of support um for for, for artists, for independent uh, venues and uh, freelance artists, it's yeah, it's 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 quite scary. And so, uh, th there's almost been um, again uh, a risk of of, of sounding poncy. Um, I, I felt a, a slight personal responsibility um, as a, a self-proclaimed political satirist to 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 make light of these these situations and to and to yeah to take the piss, um, but. Yeah, I think that's been increasingly difficult when we are really quite living in somewhat of an apocalypse. Um, so yeah, it's it's been up and down. Um, I'm currently working um, on on an EP, uh, a lockdown EP of all the all the pieces I've written um, across the the Corona period. So hopefully that will be out all being well by the end of the year. Um, because cross, they yeah, cross, mate. So it does. It's very. I know what you mean from the poetry side of things. That's like, mm -hmm. um, I used to go to the regular four or five venues and venues a month. Done to me and Amanda did, and it's. I I don't mind doing Zoom stuff, but it's not. It's not the same as it at all, really. So no, not at all. Yeah, it's something to keep us keep us active. I think if you don't do it, I think you're going to stop. Because I don't know if you know the only musicians or creative people. I know quite a few that stopped yeah. writing altogether past six months yes. and, and I don't yeah. think they're going to come back to it because it's there's nothing they can't say they can't find anything to write exactly it, yeah I know I know I'm, I'm digging deep so I'm not giving up on it it's, take, it's taking me longer but it's supposed yeah. to be like it's just what it is basically so I was going to ask yeah, you about definitely. that yeah another point on the torch about it so music is did you read the report going on the other day and this is not bad now to my thinking that Harry Styles X One Directions apparently pumped a load of money into a new massive venue getting opened up in central Manchester in a couple of years' time. I pumped see, in, right. Uh, yeah, pumped in. They want to make it bigger in the actual MEN arena, apparently. And right. Pumped, okay. Yeah, it's just crazy, isn't it? You think, surely yeah. to God, that money should be going down to smaller venues than me. 
because mm. we're going to need yeah. it. I think when things pick up again, probably next year. So, well, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, it, it seems to be uh, 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 a repetition there um, in, in trends because um, we we had the the Tory government um, saying that they were backing the arts by uh, putting uh, funneling all of these uh, these grants and all this money. Um, into music venues and you look at the the venues that um are getting the most uh supports and it's your palace theatres and your o2 arenas and all of these um large uh corporation uh venues and and, and privately owned uh venues um that don't don't need the help uh, yeah i like like you say i, I worry for for, for the smaller independents and uh, as I was saying earlier, um, the Cold Valley's full of them. Um, and I know uh, a lot of people that, that have um, their own independent venues that are really quite worried for, for, for the future of, yeah, what, what their livelihood have, has become. So it's, yeah, in that sense, it is, it's, it's really bleak. Um, yeah, we, have, we just have to live in hope at the moment, basically. Absolutely, not, yeah. Yeah, so now obviously tell a bit more people about what your EP then. So, um, have you got a title for the EP yet, then? Or do you know? Do you, do you know what oh, it's, on it? it's a working, working title um, of yeah, the, the coronavirus um, EP um, or, oh, wow. or something wittier to to that extent. Um, and yes, yeah, so I, I think there's going to be um, five five songs uh, all being well, um, which are, which are all the ones that are, that I see decent enough to be um, recorded. Um, that it'll, it'll essentially follow. Um, various things that i felt um angry enough to to write a song about um throughout the the course of um yeah coronavirus so i'm, I'm sure I'll, i might play a couple um off the off the new ep um later on and so i'm in the process of recording that so i've got um one for for rishi sunak um one one funnily enough for uh, for Gary Barlow, um, so that's a okay. Uh, one uh, controversially for 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 Madeline McCann, um, which was um, something something that I, I found uh, really quite infuriating um, over over um, the lockdown was um, yeah the right wing press and the Murdoch press um, suddenly dragged up um, the the Madeline McCann case and it, for, for about three weeks it was on the front page of every tabloid newspaper um, and uh, the, coincidentally uh, this was uh, the time in which we just found out that the government had had lied uh, dramatically about the number uh, the amount of PPE going into the NHS this is also at the time where in America and traveling overseas to the UK there's some of the biggest rate, uh, race related protests and race riots um, I'd say in living history, and instead of co covering that, they dragged up the the Madeleine McCann case, um, and and you, you, they were sold as brand new revelations in in the in the McCann case. Uh, read all about it, and you read these articles, and the conclusion that they come to is, well, we think Madeleine McCann is dead, but also she might not be, which is the same old shit we knew a decade ago about the case. This isn't a new revelation. This is uh, uh, capitalising on the abduction of children to, to cover up um, anti-capitalist protests and the, the failing of the government. It, it really... So it's not uh, to say it's a song for Madeleine McCann, but rather how she's been used 
by the Murdoch press. And so it's a, it's a song beneficial to, to, to Kate and Jerry as well, because their, their daughter's death has been as uh, been used as a political um, point scoring mechanism to, to cover up the atrocities that, that should be um, being covered by by such uh, mainstream mainstream outlets um, and, and news news sources. So yeah, various things like that, various ranty um, niggles of mine that have been um, put to music. And I'd expect Nicolos off you, mate. After what the time I've seen before, definitely. So now, is there anything else you've got any other plans going forward? You want to reveal to people, yes or? I do indeed. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, uh, Attila the Stockbroker, who I mentioned before, um, he's been incredibly, um, incredibly uh, helpful and useful um, and supportive to me uh, throughout my career and the time that I've known him. So I've done a number of um, support gigs with um, with him um, and um, he's running as part of a, a lockdown project to keep him um, occupied and busy. He's got a Facebook uh, group called Attila the Stockbroker Introduces, in which he handpicks um, some of his favourite um, favourite acts and favourite artists uh, from from across the globe, and allows them to do a half an hour live stream um, from from his page um, to to give them wow. publicity. Um, and so, the, on the second Tuesday um, in November, and you'll have to forgive me because I can't remember the date, but the second Tuesday of November. Um, I'll be um, I'll be streaming from until the stockbroker introduces, which is a, a thing on on Facebook, which is yeah um, incredibly exciting. For me, obviously, I've got um, Speakeasy uh, coming up before that. I've got a short set of Speakeasy, um, and then after that, uh, yeah, it's just coming, um, uh, taking them as they come, um, really. Uh, yeah, and hopefully uh, before Christmas or by Christmas, I'll have. Uh, this EP out so you can find all of that uh, via my page I'll do some um, shameless self-promotion um, go, go for it that's what I'm there for mate <laughs> brilliant beautiful yeah so it's uh, on Instagram it'll be uh, isaac.hughes.dennis um, Facebook it'll be Isaac Hughes Dennis Music or Trickstar Entertainment um, YouTube is Isaac Hughes Dennis so some variation of Isaac Hughes Dennis and you should be able to to find what I do um, so yeah, a couple of couple of things coming up. Um, yeah, towards Perfect. the end of the year. Perfect. You, you've put a lot to the last question there, Isaac. Actually, so what we'll do, mate, is I know you're going to do a couple of pieces for us next. So what we'll do is we'll let you get get yourself prepared. And nice. Believe me, everyone, this young man is exceptional. So hang around, okay? Thank you, Ben Isaac. We'll just see you all part two. See you next. Spot Hi guys. Okay, straight over to Isaac. Looking forward to this. Go for it, mate. Oh, right. Exciting. Right. So I've got three pieces. Um, the first one, quite exciting because it's a request piece. Um, it's always always nice to be uh, validated in such a way. Um, so, yeah, the, this first um, tune is, is a lockdown tune. It's a coronavirus tune. Um, and it's, um, yeah, I suppose it's a, it's a bit of advice um, to, as to, to what to do if you're, if you're bored um during the lockdown period um and it's called cough on a tory you've been in isolation for a week or more and you've started to have a dry cough you've started to worry that the end is nigh and you're wanting a fitting send-off 
the hospitals are closed and there are no more masks and there's no paper left to wipe your arse. But if you take my advice and you follow my words, you can still make this a better world. If you just cough on a Tory, they got us into this mess. Cough on a Tory on behalf of the NHS. Take your daily jog down to your nearest mansion Find Rupert Murdoch or Richard Branson Cough on the Tory Make this the plague of the underworked and the overpaid Yes, just cough on the Tory It's such an easy thing to do But cough on the Tory If you've got any sign of the flu They're all old and vulnerable And when they get ill, well, they sure be grateful for that 35 mil in the NHS that we got from Brexit Thanks to that, no one ever gets sick Yes, Boris Johnson's a corona cunt. Next, let's get Pretty Patel and Jeremy Hunt. Let's make the end of the quarantine a working class revival. Hashtag cough on a Tory. Let's make it go viral. Hey, well, that was, that was cough on a Tory for you. Brilliant. I wanted to ask how well that must have been going down, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, got, a, got a fair amount of, um, yeah, a little uh, bit of bit of hate, which is always good. You know, you in, in, the, in the sort of stuff that I do, you know you're writing good songs when, you, when you're getting hate. Um, I think um, if you're from Team American Wrestling, there's an American wrestler manager called Eric Bischoff. He did a book right. once called Controversy Creates Cash. There you are. See, there you are. point raised, right? That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. on to number two, mate. Lovely, wicked. Uh, so, yeah, speaking of um, a little bit of hate, um, uh, a little bit of controversy, this one uh, recently went absurdly viral um, the, the other month. Uh, again, aided by, uh, yeah, yeah, my friend, uh, Tiddle Stockbroker, um, who shared it onto his page and it sort of blew up. Um, he's, he's quite annoyed at me uh, because it, it got more more views than he's ever got on on his page and that was aided by um him so um, fantastic apologies, apologies attila um so uh, this is a response to um rishi sunak um going on itv and suggesting that um people in the creative industries uh, should uh, consider um retraining um because there's there's effectively not going to be the financial support um for the arts um after after corona the corona period uh ends um and so i you know i i felt it was sort of my my civic duty um as a as a songwriter to um write a protest song but i also thought if um if i'm not going to get paid for this because all of my funds have gone down the drain then what's the point uh, because uh, at the very core of it I'm a, I'm a heartless capitalist and I'm only in this for the money um, so um, what what you're about to hear is the most half-assed um, protest song um, ever and it's called uh, Song for Rishi Sunak Rishi Sunak what a shame that nothing insulting rhymes with your name Cos I've written you this half-arsed song It won't be very witty and it won't be very long And it might be pretty shitty but it won't be very funny Cos I only give a shit when it's earning me money Cos I'm a bit like John Lennon and a bit like Bob Dylan In that I only get political when it makes me a shilling But other than this I don't have any transferable skills Like honestly mate, I can't even play guitar And evidently I can't even rhyme I just talk a lot of shit all of the time And I like to go on rambles and talk a lot to bollocks And I'm really good 
toilet making a big fuss over nothing I use fancy words and I sound like a twat and in the public I am a laughing stock so with my current CV are there any available positions because at the moment I'm sounding like a Tory politician Oh, Rishi, Rishi, please choose me. I've got a grade C maths in GCSE and I've got one in English, so I know how to spell. I've got one in IT from Microsoft Excel. What a shock to the ego and an utter disservice to have a Tory MP to call my job worthless. What absolute hypocrisy, it's fucking bleak. It's like having Shane McGowan telling you to brush your teeth. Without culture and the arts, you silly twat. We'd only have Coldplay and take that. And no one wants that for their life soundtrack. So remember what a pratty is, Rishi Sunak. There you are, that's a Rishi Sunak song. I think you should wrap, put that onto a disc and send it to him. Send it to him in post. Well, it, it's a small world, world, and it, it got something stupid like uh, eight thousand views or something, <sighs> like a couple of thousand shares. So I'm hoping that by some sort of stroke of luck, it's made its way to him. But we 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 can but hope. Well, if the SAS company win in a minute, get running. Absolutely, yeah, there you are. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, I know what the yes. I know what your big finale is going to be, so I'll, I'll let you introduce it, mate, for everybody. Okay, right, wicked. Um, so I, I think I'll I'll finish with this one, um, and uh, somewhat surprisingly, it's a religious song, um, and so it's it's starting to get colder. We, we've only got a couple of months till till Christmas, so I, I reckon it's only fitting that, that I tell you it's about Jesus um, and about a very specific uh, time in, in, in Jesus's life um, I feel like um, is criminally under underreported on because um, uh, we obviously we all know the story of baby Jesus and the three wise men and and uh, then, then suddenly they, they sort of um, miss a bit and then suddenly he's an adult and he's on the cross and then he dies and, and uh, as a as a ranting um, radical lefty teenager, um, I sort of want equal representation in all areas. Um, and so some people might um, see the next song as, as uh, what we might say is religiously intolerant. Um, but but I, the way I see it is I'm taking, um, taking it upon myself on behalf of Christians everywhere um, to, to write um, sort of some alternate Bible verses via the medium of song um, for, for um, an adolescent uh, Messiah. And so this one's called Teenage Jesus. Um, and it's, it's to the tune of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. And uh, I think he'd be rolling in his grave, but I take um, somewhat, somewhat comfort in the fact that I reckon uh, Jeff Buckley <laughs> might get a kick out of it. So <laughs> cool. cool, go for it, man. sing along chorus as well if you want to at home to emulate the live gig feeling <laughs> I'm not doing it because I can't sing no that's fair <laughs> enough okay. neither can most of the monsters at my gig but I feel like you're <laughs> you're uh, significantly less pissed than, than most of them so um, we'll try it anyway well, if you'll settle down, let me paint you the scene. We're on a street corner and the year's 17 and adolescent Jesus wears ripped skinny jeans. His mates Abe and Moses own cannabis farms and some cheap ketamine that they stole from their barns. This is what they left out of the Bible. Teenage Jesus, 
this is the chorus. Teenage Jesus. Teenage Jesus. Teenage Jesus. Well, behind the bike sheds, he'll have a quick smoke and then he'll turn water into vodka and coke. Oh, woe is him, the moody emo Jesus. <laughs> He's got shoulder length hair and there's black round his eyes and if he listens to grunge it'd be no surprise for this is the ballad of emo jesus emo jesus emo jesus emo jesus emo jesus he was an attention seeker crowd of his 12 followers he was quite proud 12 followers that is on his twitter and they all formed a band and they rehearsed in his inn they were called christ and the christy inns this was the start of rock god jesus 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 Rock on Jesus, Rock on Jesus, Rock on Jesus, Rock on Jesus, Rock on Jesus. Well, I appreciate we might have taken this a bit far. But behind the song, there most definitely are some moral values to take with you. Like, don't discriminate someone who's different from you, because Jesus was an immigrant Palestinian Jew. And he was most definitely an emo. So for emo Jesus, emo Jesus, emo Jesus. He will be with you. Super. Brilliant. Considering I've been a massive fan of Jeff Buckley and the Hallelujah for years. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought he would have probably turned in his grave as well on that one, probably. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine he would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brilliant, mate. Now, great way of finishing that. Isaac, the pleasure. Oh, to thank you ever so much. No, I very, very much appreciate that. Hang around. I need a quick word off mic. Well, thank you again. Wicked. It's, been really, it's been an excellent session today. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so, for having me. It's, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Stay safe, stay safe, guys and girls. See you all soon. Spock on me.